Hey everybody, welcome back to the Filthy Minister Podcast. It's good to be with you again. It's been a few weeks. My name is Joshua Price. I am the Filthy Minister, and I have the wonderful privilege of sitting next to the most beautiful woman in the world, my filthy, awesome, amazing... special order from the Lord himself directly to me. Oh, well, thank you, baby. (gasps) Okay, you can stop. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to go ahead and get started and get right into it because we have a lot of things that we want to cover with you today. You're going to notice over the next few podcasts, there's a little bit of a shift in direction. We are going to do our best to speak to some of the different issues that we encountered over 17 years of ministry. Yay. (laughs) Are you excited about that? Oh, can you tell? Yes. Now, we realize as we get into this, you know, like today, we're going to address a question, can a pastor have friends in the church? And that's one of the areas where we have seen over the years. It's been uh, probably the one of the most painful areas of our ministry, if we're honest. Yeah. And we realize that as we get into this today, that everyone has their own unique situation. For us, whether or not we could have friends in the church, that played out in different ways, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. But for you, it may look different. We understand that. But regardless, maybe there are some things that you can take away from this that might be helpful, not only as a minister, but also as a member of the congregation uh, to help understand this dynamic and how it plays out in the church, right? Right. We want to be able to minister from this podcast to both those that are in ministry and those that are in your local church serving your community. We just want to be able to help in both aspects. So the reality is that people do violate boundaries. Oh, absolutely. Ministers violate boundaries and church members violate boundaries. If given the opportunity, anyone will violate a boundary. It's uh, just in our nature. This morning, I had, uh, I, I don't want to share too much information, so I'm going to try to say this without people hollering or screaming, TMI, TMI. What are you so, well, I was just going to share that I had to go to the to the restroom. Oh, my. And, <laughs> but I mean, it's a, this is a perfect example okay, of I'm what we're talking about. Okay, I'm a little scared because I don't know what he's going to say, people. Hey, this is a perfect example. Listen to this. So I had to go to the restroom. Mm, you don't have we to. have two dogs, right? We, we've talked about this. We have a black lab. His name is Goliath. Oh, yeah. Yes, and okay. then we have our little Yorkie. His name is David. So we have David and Goliath. And Goliath is a very needy dog when it comes to attention and and love and being in the presence of his people. Well, and he's gotten a little older, and so he's he's become more aware of what he can get away with and what he can't. And he's pushing his boundaries right now. And so I'm trying to have a little private time. And our doors in our house are all barn doors, so they slide back and forth. Well, Goliath has figured out, he has learned how to nudge that door open, to simply push it open, and then he just walks right in and just sits there. He don't care. There's no regard at all for my desire to have a little bit of privacy. None. If the door is closed in the house, he does not like it, and he will come open it. And members in the church can be very similar to that. (laughs) Now, don't take that personally, people. I remember when we moved, we were living in Irving, and our church was in Irving. Our house was like not even five minutes from the house, from the church. 
And <laughs> I told Joshua one day, it was, we had lived in the same house 11 years. And I said, I just kind of want to move further away so that people at least have to call before they come <laughs> so that they can't just show up at your house <laughs> unexpectedly. <laughs> and I remember one time, it was the middle of the night and the phone rang. I picked up the phone because it was a member of the church. Like three o'clock in the morning. I mean, middle of the night. I, I, I know I where he's going. A, it rang multiple times sleep. in the middle of the night, but I remember this one specifically that he's going to talk about. <laughs> and, I, and then I pick up the phone. I'm thinking it's an emergency. This lady asked me what to do. She needed help because she had locked her keys in her car. I don't know where she was at three o'clock in the morning. She was in the Kroger parking lot. The, I remember that because was? I was so irritable. And she had locked her <laughs> keys in her car. And something in her mind said, I need to call my pastor for help. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? Well, there was another one that was uh, along the same lines. It was about two or three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and there was a lady that had, was living in some apartments. And I guess the people that lived above her were being really loud, just making her angry and getting on her nerves. And so she called us at two or three o'clock in the morning because yes, she was mad. I remember that too. Because they were really loud. But she wanted us to pray yes. for that situation. And at two or three o'clock that, that was yeah. the positive. I mean, you know, she yeah. believed in the power of prayer for yes. those people to quit what they were doing. Yeah. We're going to stop there because th this podcast is not about hammering on the members of the church, no. okay? We love you. You hear me? We love you. Yeah. Those are just a couple of examples over the course of 17 years that we have encountered where members have been willing, not with any harmful intent, but it happens. Okay, I do have to share one more. I remember... We were Don't hurt sitting. these people's feelings. I'm not hurting anybody's feelings. Okay? All right, go. So we were sitting at dinner one night. We were sitting at the Magic Time Machine, in fact, in Dallas. And I think it was one of our boys' birthdays. It was a birthday dinner. We were oh, there celebrating yeah. as a family. <laughs> and this member called, and we did not answer. We were trying to have some private time as a family. And they didn't leave a voicemail. And so we thought, okay, you know, if they left a voicemail, we'd answer it and see if it was an emergency. But they didn't leave a voicemail. Anyway, about five minutes passed and they called back and we're like should we answer but we let it go because we're trying to have some family time they called back and they called back this person just bombing our phone bombing our phone but they would not leave a voicemail and we were trying to set boundaries with this particular member they called probably 20 times finally Joshua answers the phone and it was something as simple as they were at the baseball game and wanted to let us know that they saw something silly happen. And we were just like, are you kidding me? This was not a spiritual emergency. No. It was not a physical emergency. It was in the evening and they, for whatever reason, wanted to convey that. Yeah. That bad. Oh. And so anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> But the other side of that is ministers also have violated boundaries as well. And we don't want to overlook that. And we have to take responsibility for times over the 17 years of pastoral ministry that we've been in. Yes, where we have allowed ourselves to relax too much around members of the church. I remember you know, several times over the years where members, again, in their desire to help, have invited us over to their home. They've invited us out or something on a Friday night. 
And they have told us, when you're with us, li- listen, we're not at church. You can let your hair down. You can relax. Just be yourself. You can just be yourself as if me and ourselves is something different than what we are in church on Sunday. And because they really do, these people have a desire to be helpful because they do see the pressures of ministry. They do see that the minister and his family all endure a great demand that's placed on them to minister to the flock. And they want to help, but they think the way to do that is to invite the pastor and his wife out and say, here, let's forget the ministry. Let's forget the calling. Let's forget what you do. You guys come out with us and participate with us in whatever we're doing. Let's just relax and and let's have a good time. Right. While that has its positives in terms of, you know, like the motivations are typically good motivations. Right. They want to be helpful. It produces problems. Especially when you have a pastor and his wife that are serving and are tired and wearisome and need the rest and need the relief and are looking for an outlet. And if they don't have that outlet somewhere else, then they'll take advantage of that. It sounds good to the minister when somebody says that because I don't have to worry about keeping my tie cinched all the way up. I don't have to worry about whether or not to unbutton my sleeves and roll them up to my elbow. I, I don't have to worry about leaving my jacket on. I can just get out of the monkey suit. I can take the hat off. It definitely opens the door for interference. You know, the enemy is always looking for an opportunity to steal, kill, and destroy all the time. That's in the Gospel of John. He's always looking for that opportunity to obstruct. Hello. I'm just not getting, I'm getting all excited, people, starting to preach. I hit my microphone because I speak with my hands here. He's always looking for an opportunity to tear at the church, to harm the church, and he uses relationships within the church to do that. Now, sweetheart, all that said, we can't just leave it unaddressed that we, a pastor and pastor's wife and the family, that we do have needs that need to be met. Yeah, I mean, if you look in the book of Mark in chapter 6, where the apostles come back to Jesus and they're tired from all that they've been doing. And he says, yes, come and rest with me. Josh, what does your version say? Read it. It says the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. But then listen to what he says in verse 31. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. And how many times in other places in scripture as well did Jesus himself go off to a quiet place and rest and pray. That's the need. It's the need to rest. It's the need to go off by yourself and regroup with the Lord, be around other ministers, not people that they were responsible for and to, but people that they were ministering with that were in the same boat as them and knew what their job was, knew what their responsibilities were, knew what their calling was like and all that it entailed and were able to draw strength from the source, they went off by themselves with Jesus and found that rest. And when you're in ministry, you have to be able to go off by yourself and find that rest and relief outside of the church. It can't be found within it because you're responsible to those people. It's like you said the other day. You said, how can you go and let your hair down with people you're responsible for? Yeah, I mean, if you're responsible to them, how can you let go of your responsibility when you're with them? Exactly. You can't do that. That doesn't mean that we don't have relationships in the church and we can't call members our friends. That doesn't mean that we can't call the pastor our friend. 
there is a boundary there that needs to be kept because the more we relax with people, the more blurred the line becomes and people get real comfortable with each other. So how can we best help this situation in the church? How can you as a member help your pastor in this situation? And how can you as a minister help your congregation in this situation to not allow this to happen, affect you? How can you grow from it? First off, understand your pastor and your pastor's wife and the family and the demands that are on them. I think from there, respecting that boundary, understanding who he is, who she is. And knowing that they have legitimate needs needs that do need to be met. And if they are running and going, don't wait to be reactive until something catastrophic happens. Don't wait to be reactive until things start going bad or you start seeing things happen. Be proactive. Knowing that your pastor and pastor's wife in the role that they are in have needs that need to be met. Well, how can you as a member of your church offer them those things? Send them on retreats. Offer to send them on date nights. Make sure that they're plugged into ministries where they can meet other pastors and pastor's wives outside of your church body, where they can be connected to other people in ministry. Give them space. Those are all ways that you can allow for them to have their needs met and love them in that way. Well, and don't get your feelings hurt. Don't wear your feelings on your sleeve. We've had people in the past that have wanted to get really close to us. When we kept a a boundary that we know we needed to keep, that it was healthy for us to keep, then it became offensive to them. And again, we're back to my feelings are hurt. I'm not going to come to church on Sunday. This is a legitimate problem. Right. Another way that I would suggest in being proactive instead of reactive is if you've called a new minister to your church, obviously they're in a new place. Have they left family? Have they left those people groups? Who do they have surrounding them to be able to have people in their group outside the church? Set them up with people to call in ministry in your community that they can reach out to. Just be supportive of that need. It is a legitimate need for rest and relief that cannot be met within the church body because they are responsible to the church body. And I think another good thing to do is to bring in people that can educate the congregation. Someone other than the pastor that can come in and speak to the congregation and train the congregation in these matters to help people understand the value of looking out for their pastor and pastor's wife in in this particular way. And ministers, I can't stress enough, have relationships outside the church. Seek those out. Find them. Utilize them. Resist the temptation to over-invest in the membership. That sounds really bad. And if you're listening to this and you're a member, you're thinking, no, 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 no. I know that sounds bad, but it's the truth. Don't overinvest. As a minister, yes, we are called to care spiritually for the flock. But in terms of the relationship, you need to be really careful where you go for that need to be met. In the church membership, in the body, that's not the place for that to happen. I have a really good friend that I've had for a lot of years that I trust that I can say anything to. We are accountable to one another. I can say anything to him. He can say anything to me. And I'm so thankful that I have him to go to. He's not in the church. We have to have relationships outside of the body. And we have to be okay going and seeking those out. So anyway, that said. We will have some resources because there's a lot of resources available out there. We went to a great retreat in Colorado this last August. It's called Sunscape Ministries. Yes, absolutely incredible retreat and ministry organization. 
We um, had awesome retreat leaders. Yeah, they we, were fantastic. We've we gone love to some them. great places, and we do have some resources that we'll list for you on the Filthy Minister Facebook page. But just go check us out. Also visit our website, filthyminister.com. So. And if you have any questions about this, put it in the comments. Send us an email, something. We don't want your questions to go unanswered. We love you guys. Everybody have a great evening. See you. Bye.